This is episode number 249, Get Laser Focused with Charles Clay. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, expanding the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. Celebrate those wins. Healthy celebrations are so key that I feel like, especially in our American society, we accomplish a goal, then it's like, hey, what's next? Where's the next finish line? Where's the next goal? We're like, well, hold on a minute. Let's enjoy and embrace this moment of really holding your agreement, of accomplishing this goal. How would you like to celebrate that? And I'm super excited about today's guest. His name is Charles Clay, and he is a coach. And a lot of times we hear a lot of similar messages about goal setting, about focus, about managing energy, but we can't seem to actually make these changes happen. And for a lot of us, we have to hear it a number of times And sometimes hearing it said just a little bit differently by somebody will make it all click. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button. We so appreciate that. And big thank you to Lauren, who left us such a glowing review. I don't know if you guys want to hear me read the reviews on the podcast, but I just wanted to say big shout out and thank you to Lauren. That message meant absolutely the world to me. And I am so glad that you are feeling more inspired and confident in your life. And also thanks to Inside Tracker, our podcast sponsor. They are supporting the show and they are such a rad company. I've been using them since 2017. And if you haven't heard me talk about them, they are a company that takes blood work and measures over 30 biomarkers so that you can optimize your life. It helps you be an advocate for your own health because a lot of times you go to the doctor, you get a blood test, but it doesn't cover the number of things that you need to see in order to improve your athletic performance. Or maybe the reference ranges are just to keep you alive, whereas Inside Tracker lets you set your goals for your health. And it could be endurance, but it could be a whole number of things. And those reference ranges are a lot tighter so that you can make changes to your diet and lifestyle to feel the best. If you've been feeling a bit sluggish or just want to have an idea of what's going on with your health, go to insidetracker.com slash Sonia to get 25% off all of their tests. I highly recommend you do this at least once, but also retesting is what allows you to see if those changes you've made are actually working. Inside Tracker's recommendations are all based on science and evidence-based research. So check them out, insidetracker.com slash Sonia. So let's talk about today's guest, Charles Clay. Do you ever feel like you're losing focus and can't find energy to do what needs to be done? I know I can certainly relate with that, especially with, well, we're on the tail end, hopefully, of this pandemic, but there's just always a lot of demands on our time. And it's not just about time management, it's about energy management. It's about how we're managing all of our inputs in our lives. And those affect everything. We're not creatures in a vacuum. All of our inputs affect things like our athletic performance, our health, and how we show up every day in our family life. Charles Clay is a published author, dynamic speaker. He's a men's empowerment coach. He's a breathwork facilitator and so much more. And he joined me to talk about his laser focus method and the best ways to utilize your energy. He does mastermind groups and helps men and women understand and heal aches, pains, and injuries in order to experience more joy, love, and creativity. And I just loved this conversation because he talks about things in ways that maybe we haven't thought of before. And his desire to do this work started after he had a devastating back injury snowboarding. 
And instead of just getting spinal surgery, he began his own self-healing journey. And he just wants to share that with everybody else so that they can find their best version of themselves. In this podcast, Charles not only talks about healing, energy, and focus, but also the power of keeping commitments and building self-trust in yourself. I know that in my health coaching practice that I've just started, building self-trust is one of the core elements and foundations of making changes in your life and being able to trust the things that you say to do the things that you said that you were going to do is a muscle and it's something that you have to work at and is something that also helps you do more than you ever could have imagined. We also talked about emotional intelligence, how to match energy to emotions, and that was really fascinating, how to apply the laser focus method, and also how to celebrate wins. And I know for me, celebrating wins is something that I am working on. It's not something that comes naturally to me. Normally, I'll achieve something and I'll say, wow, what's next? I'm ready to move on to the next thing, and I don't pause. So celebrating wins. If you're interested in these types of topics, especially in the mindset and motivation realm, make sure that you are signed up to my free weekly newsletter. It's at sonyalooney.com slash newsletter. I spend a lot of time each week writing these newsletters. It has a thought of the week, the book I'm reading. It has a question for you to ponder and the podcast. And it's not only about being more productive and being more motivated and doing more, but it's also about doing less and learning how to let go and learning how to stop beating yourself up and being happy with the person that you are today. So go to sonyalooney.com slash newsletter if you're interested in that type of content, and I'll see you there. And I so appreciate everybody who has hit the reply button. I send this newsletter out on Mondays, and I just love seeing that these newsletters are landing with you and just seeing how they're showing up for you. Okay, so let's get into today's episode with Charles Clay. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Glad to be here. We are both parents of, well, your baby is almost one, your daughter, but my son just turned one a month ago and we're we're surviving and we're thriving. (laughs) Doing it all. Yeah, a lot of people talk about their lives changing dramatically when they have a baby. And the thing that I love is how much you learn about yourself in the process. What's been like the number one lesson you've learned about yourself since having a daughter? Oh, great question. Well, to begin, I'd say that my daughter has been my biggest inspiration for really diving deep into the inner work and my inner peace process that every time I unravel some old program, negative belief system, you know, stuff that's been going on for generations, and I get to metabolize that energy and move through that and rewrite the story, then that's one less, you know, old belief pattern that my daughter has to carry on. And so she's helped me really double down on my own medicine in this inner peace process. How do you realize that you're having a negative energy or negative thought loop? Mm -hmm. Um, Usually it's a trigger. Usually it's a a heavy or intense emotion. And then through this process, it can follow that to discover where the source of that is occurring and why it keeps showing up in my experience. And then through that process, there's always some golden nuggets, lessons and blessings to discover. So it's either I choose that, the self-discovery path and the inner peace process, or the perpetual coping mechanisms and strategies that I developed at a younger age to cope with that, which is like 
the mind recognizing this feels really uncomfortable. Just go to the fridge, fill it with something, go on Netflix, escape from it, or, you know, go on scrolling on social media to get some dopamine, anything to feel, but not feel this. Right. So yeah. Avoiding those painful emotions is something that a lot of us do. Most people do, and nobody wants to sit with painful emotions. And I think that that is a misconception over, you know, what it means to be positive. It's not about ignoring the emotions, but it's learning how to sit with them. So how, how do you sit with it? Because it is easy to just shift away from that uncomfortable thing and do something different. Yeah. I have a whole process that I take it through now. Uh, I call it the emotional intelligence process. And it's really connecting the dots as to naming what you're feeling. A lot of people avoid and have trouble with that one to begin with. It's like, we don't want to admit that we're feeling shame or guilt or even, you know, grief. And so really naming it allows us to take what's been stored as issues in our tissues often and take a look at it from a different perspective. And that's really powerful in itself. That's like step one, because then you're getting to take a look at this emotion, which is energy in motion, which is information. So it's trying to tell us something and and wants to be expressed, especially if it's not in harmony with our body. And so um, then we get to take a look at it from a different perspective and then noticing where it's showing up, where it's been showing up in our body is really key. That gives us clues. These bodies are the greatest technology I know of on the planet. And, um, <laughs> and so every cell is so intelligent, super tapped in and always finding alignment and you know homeostasis. And so anything that gets in the way of that, anything that's in the way of inner peace deserves taking a look at and feeling through. And so noticing where it's showing up in the body is really key. Um, gives us some hints as to the golden nuggets that lie underneath. And then connecting that to where we first remember experiencing that emotion is really powerful because, you know, our bodies are so intelligent that they're, they know what we're willing to heal and release in prioritized order. And so when you ask, you know, when is the first time I actually felt this grief or this sadness? And then Usually a story will come up or a memory and of a younger version of us experiencing that and then remembering like how challenging that could be for the first time experiencing that emotion with what was going on in that memory, what was what were they experiencing? And then the beauty is now as our current selves, we get to go back and be there for that younger version of ourselves through that experience and help support them, offer them the love, safety, and support that, that's needed. And that's um, really what's been so powerful for me because it's bringing, it's identifying where that love, safety, and support's needed within ourselves and then being able to provide that. And then they feel integrated back in a safe space in your heart and you can take them along, pull them out of that loop where that belief was created you know, it might be I'm unworthy or it might be, um, you know, I was abandoned. So not, not worthy of love or I'm not enough. All these stories that were developed at a younger age will continue showing up in our life and they'll continue poking at us triggers, right. And, uh, in our relationships and in our daily life until we really go to the source of it. So I find by choosing this process, it's actually really exciting because there's always some golden and silver linings to discover in that. And so the beauty in that is that then you can witness 
and watch as your body metabolizes this energy that's been stuck, these stuck emotions, this energy that's been, can finally be metabolized within our system. And then it's like on the other end of that is these like new level of liberation and freedom and, and fun and joy and like new heights of pleasure that we didn't know were possible before we went to the depths and had the courage to go to the depths of these heavy emotions. So, and that's like, you zoom out, it's like, wow, think about all the challenges in your life that have were tough and maybe a struggle at the time, but have led to these amazing epiphanies, golden nuggets and, and silver and golden linings that have changed your life forever. And that we get to go on and share to help others on their journey. And that completes that series of the hero's journey just to begin another one, right? <laughs> yeah, I think a big challenge for a lot of people is naming that emotion because you might feel like I'll use a really easy example for people listening. Like what is, what do race, like a lot of people listening are like interested in bike racing and bike riding and running and taking that example of what, what does nervousness feel like? And it might feel like avoidance or what does boredom feel like? It might feel like restlessness. So like, how do you help people? And I might've even named those. You, you probably have a much better way of even naming those than I did. So like, how can people start naming these emotions if they're not sure what that feeling is? Sure. Yeah, you know, giving a name, like even something as, as simple as like, yeah, I'm feeling nervousness or I'm feeling an experience in my body of like tingling, just taking note of the sensations, right? Like anxiety. Okay, I'm feeling anxiety. And even that word sometimes, we're the meaning makers, right? Charge. And it has based on our beliefs around our experience of that, then it can be very like constricting in our system, even to admit that we're feeling anxiety, like, ooh, anxiety, like, mm -hmm. creates this kind of like cringe for some people, right? And so then even just taking a look at that, cool, I'm naming it. So again, I get to look at it from a different perspective. And then you can begin to see like, oh, okay, anxiety is actually a lot of energy, right? So I have a lot of energy moving through my system right now. And it can feel very intense. And so um, there's tools you can use to slow that down. You know, and one of the greatest tools is right under our nose. It's the power of breath. And um, so I offer clients, you know, a way to really slow down that whole process instead of just resorting to the mind's temporary solutions. Uh, like as soon as this nervousness or anxiety shows up, it's like, ah, like get on my bike and just go do something or go, you know, anything like avoidance, anything that I just got to keep doing and working. That's like a really common strategy and coping mechanism for not feeling or avoiding the actual emotion. And, um, you know, I was, I was used that <laughs> often, Charles 1.0. And so really using breath, I offer a number of different techniques, but some really simple ones for calming the nervous system. And then it allows us to like slow things down and really take a look at, okay, I'm experiencing a lot of energy. Cool. Do I want to take this through the emotional intelligence journaling process? Or do I want to use this energy and, you know, transmute it into something constructive, you know, like this, I could use a workout right now or, you know, enjoy uh, a run in nature, that kind of thing. And so there's um, just slowing that whole process down allows us to take a look at it, really name what we're experiencing. And it, what's really fascinating is that 
when you take away that meaning that has this charge to it that you're used to, anxiety, right? It's just energy. Then you're noticing how the energy is showing up. You might experience like, you know, hot flash, like more sweating, hands, palms might get a little wet, might feel like that tingle or butterflies in your stomach, right? And so we're so used to that being bad or uncomfortable, but aren't those sensations like actually really similar to the feeling of excitement? Yeah, absolutely. There's some really interesting neuroscience and mindfulness research out there, which I'm sure you've seen about breaking habits and creating new ones. And it all comes down to curiosity. So just exactly like what you said, instead of, you know, labeling something and then having a negative reaction to it, you could label it, but then saying, well, what does anxiety feel like in my body? What does judgment feel like? And just being really curious about it. And the research with that has actually shown like people can lose weight or they can quit smoking. And that works so much better than just trying to reframe, just being able to sit with those emotions and cravings and get curious about them. And certainly this probably extends, this doesn't include clinical issues that need to be addressed, you know, in a medical setting. But for most people, being curious about these emotions and how they feel is so powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. Every time I get triggered now, it's kind of like a fascination. I'm almost like, ooh, time to put on my glasses, <laughs> curious glasses, the lens. And that's just the intention of being curious to see how this is happening for me, right? And that turns on our reticular activation. If you're familiar with that scientific phenomenon, that's the same thing by setting intention. It turns on our reticular activation system. Retina, meaning the lens of our eyes that we see our reality through, is activated to that which you're interested in, right? That which you um, want to experience, feel, or create. And so this can, this is always going on, whether you're knowing it or not. And it's that phenomenon of like, oh, I want to get the new blue Tesla, you know? And as soon as you start getting interested in that, you start seeing them everywhere on the road now, or they popping up left and right or articles on them. And and it's uh, not that they weren't there before, it's that now you've set your reticular activation onto that. Another example of that is like you wake up and, you know, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You're not feeling great. You're like, man, this is going to be a rough day, right? And you declare that, that just set your reticular activation on to finding all the evidence that this is going to be a rough day. So you might stub your toe, you might steal your coffee or someone steals your parking spot. <laughs> you know? and so when we're aware of this phenomenon, then we can use it to our advantage by you know, setting the intention of being curious to how this is happening for me and and what am I to learn and gain from this. And that is, I think, one of the few shortcuts in life through challenges is really setting that reticular activation and your intention to learning what you are to learn from this. What are the silver and golden linings that I can gain from this experience, even though it feels uncomfortable, even though it's challenging that can allow for a level of ease and grace through the challenge as opposed to the opposite end of the spectrum, which is like, ah, why is this happening to me? You know, like full on victim mode. And then it like extends that whole struggle and period through it makes it prolonged, you know? So quite the contrast there. And that's all based on the perspective in which we choose to see it through. I love that. I actually have a mental coaching course designed for athletes that's all about that, like being able to choose what you're focusing on. And you can imagine like 
if you're out and it's like raining in a bike race and you're tired, like you could focus on all the hard things or you could focus on all the exciting things and on all the opportunities. And that doesn't mean, like you said, it doesn't mean that you have to enjoy the discomfort, but knowing that there's gold there for you in that discomfort is so powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can give an example of my, you know, I was out on my mountain bike just rallying. I had like 45 minutes before we take off, before we have to leave for our flight to Hawaii, right? So here I am, like, my mind's got all the things I need to make sure I'm packed, right? And then I'm like hopping on the bike, trying to get as much fun as I can. And in 45 minutes before we got to take off for this flight, and then, you know, get to this spot and I literally like wedged my tire thought I could get it over this this rock and instead I go flying over my handlebars and went to naturally protect my fall and caught my thumb on the handlebar and like pulled that all the way back sprained my thumb but landed softly so that I didn't uh, bust my head open or anything and then you know and I had this hip hip hit I was like in all this pain, just like actually fascinated by how much pain I could experience in that moment. I was just like in awe of like, wow, like this is like a level 11 on a scale of 10 (laughs) pain right now. And so I had this like level of curiosity and fascination around it, began like walking it off and just feeling into it. And then, then of course, like, how is this happening for me? You know, this was a reminder along with many other signs that I wasn't paying attention to, to slow the F down. Like to really like, what am I in such a hurry for? Like, why do I need to like go so fast to get everything in and blah, blah, blah. When like, if I slow things down then it's way smoother. And so I got to enjoy my trip in Hawaii much more because of that lesson and blessing. So just one example. Yeah, I'm going to take that a step further of learning to slow things down. I'm sure that you are experiencing this as a new parent. You don't have as much time as you used to to spend time on your business or taking care of yourself. So you try to rush things so you can fit more into your day. And you have maybe a sense of, well, some people can't achieve as much at the same rate that they used to be able to. And like for me, you know, I have to, and I'm asking for a little bit of coaching on this myself, is yeah, like I have to be a mom 75% of the time. And then during nap time, I'm trying to squeeze everything in. And then during training, when my husband's here, I'm like rushing to get on my bike. And I've identified in my life that I feel unhappy and I feel anxious when I'm rushing. Like the rushing part is just the keystone action that, that makes everything more difficult for me. So like, how have you dealt with the rushing and having less time? And you just said that rushing, you know, you ask yourself like, why am I rushing? So how have you, how have you dealt with that? Yeah. So I created a whole program on this. It's called the laser focus method. And it's so much fun because it gamifies all the things that we're trying to do at once. And when you have like five things that you're trying to do at once and put energy into, then it's actually goes a little bit slower than if you were to just hone all that energy on the one thing right now that's most important. And then the next thing, the next thing, and you can be more present for that. And so just like, you know, the Navy SEALs say, you know, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And so it's like this whole program I developed is so simple and easy to apply that it makes it a lot of fun and like gamifies that whole instead of trying to multitask in a million things and tackle these huge to-do lists, 
It's like, let's start with a get-to-do list that's prioritized to just one to three things of, you know, what is most important right now that we can focus on. And then it really up-levels your presence, your focus. And as you know, presence, like full presence is like the greatest gift that we can give ourselves and our loved ones, our kids, because that's how we get to record all these memories in like full HD, vivid, you know, like recording of these memories so that we can always just cherish that and tap back into that and share, you know, with my daughter when she's 20 years old, how many amazing laughs I had with her, with her little two-tooth smile, you know, like the things she used to do. She just says, yeah, yeah, you know, out of the blue with this these two little teeth that I'll never forget, you know, because I'm fully present in those moments. So recording that is such a great way to, to cherish that and, um, and get to share it again, tap into that vibration later on by sharing those stories. And so when we're trying to do a million things at once, yeah, it's like overload for the body. And then we're left with that familiar, like overwhelm, anxiety. And, and so this process is a really simple way through that to upgrade your level of focus, to work smarter than harder. And that actually ends up allowing us more free time. And so it's been a game changer for me. And um, it's been a fun program to offer live. And then now we have it on online version. And so the laser focus method is like how to cut through distractions like a ninja and upgrade your level of focus and presence. And um, it's a game changer because it's also a lot to do with the level of stepping into choosing to step into creator consciousness over the consuming conditioning that we've been led or we've been indoctrinated with since we were young kids, you know, like, oh, you're broken. You need this pill to fix you. You're, you know, this is wrong with you. You got to have this external thing to solve your problem. And so it's also the deeper, like broader perspective of it is, is this is a path of choosing long-term fulfillment over short-term gratification and short-term band-aids and solutions that the mind provides when in fact, when you're creating something and you're able to access that zone of genius more, then it gets really exciting and you're always find yourself on that path of your highest excitement more of just simply creating. And then that gets to benefit more people, which leads to more long-term fulfillment. And then you're, you know, you can be like the apple tree in nature that's just creating apples because it gets to, you know, it's not worried about, oh, nobody likes my apples or this person thinks they're sour or, you know, you just create to create because that's just who we are. We are each creators and we have this power to do that, but we often succumb to consuming instead based on our conditioning. So um, that whole program really gets to dissect that and how to continue to choose that creator consciousness over consuming it's a game changer for addicts, for people that, you know, for big vices that have been consuming our attention. You know, there's a, a lot of people are keen to how we're spending our money, you know, where we're giving that energy to. Is it to these big corporations that might not be built on the foundation of the greatest and highest good for all? Or are we supporting our local, you know, farmers markets and the, the local small businesses that are built on a good foundation for you know, self-sustainable and helping the earth and, 
and regenerative. And we know where we're spending those dollars makes a big impact. And that's where we're giving our energy to allow those organizations to continue to grow. But how often are we really taking a look at our attention and where we're giving that? You know, because now it's almost like this this war for attention. Like everybody's trying to captivate and grab your attention. And that's where, as you know, where our attention goes, our energy flows. And so where are we giving our energy to? And if it's to all these distractions that we're so programmed to give it to, then we're missing out on all these amazing ideas we may have to create before we die. You know, and so that you can tell the difference between that short-term gratification, coping mechanism strategy versus long-term fulfillment of creating something that really fires you up, that, that allows that, that path of highest excitement to ensue. So it's fun stuff. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of paying you know, attention and intention. So you mentioned paying attention to where you're focusing, what you're doing, an intention, intentionally choosing how you want to spend your time and how to spend your money so that you can create a life that is more or less within your within your control. And again, there's only so many things we can control in our lives, but being able to craft it yourself instead of be reacting to everything happening to you. Absolutely. Yes. And that's the power of intention. You know, not only does it set your reticular activation on, but it's also allowing us to create an entirely new experience. You know, I call it vacation vibration. It's like you can go to the same cafe you've been to a hundred times, but if you stop, pause, slow things down with your breath, set an intention before you go in, maybe it's to, you know, experience more love and see through the eyes of divinity as you go into this, this cafe, then all of a sudden, with that lens, the conversations that ensue, you know, you ask someone how they're doing, the barista shares a story with you, and you're actually fully present and seeing the greatness and the divinity in this other human being. Then all of a sudden, the conversations might be a little more exciting, might be a little more in-depth, and you can talk big talk instead of small talk, and then others come join. And if anything, you'll probably notice that you get a lot of free stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you share that kind of love through that lens. And a lot of people are like, man, coffee's on me today. Like this is, this is amazing. And I've taken that same similar intention to places that people call the, you know, the closest place to hell, right? The DMV. I remember before I went into the DMV, I'm like, I could easily succumb to the low vibration of this building that a lot of people go in there and they just feel like zombies waiting for their number. And, you know, it's like people call it the closest place to hell. Not me. I'm going in there with the intention to bring as much joy and have as much fun as I can in the DMV, see how many people I can make laugh. And so I'm in there doing a meditation in my seat, doing some yoga poses in the DMV and then that ensues, some conversations ensue. And, uh, you know, people ask me about my watch I was wearing at the time, which says just says now on it. And so that allowed for like eight people we got to share a laugh with at the DMV, you know, and just change the whole experience in there just from the power of intention. So when we start using that more consistently, then you realize you can create your life by design instead of by default, simply by using the power of intention. 
Are you an extrovert? You know, I was definitely an extrovert. I would consider myself earlier years of my life. I loved like being in social interactions and that totally gave me a lot of energy. And um, it's funny you ask that because one of the things that really sparked a change in that was a quote by a wise man. And some of you may know this quote. It's the root of all suffering is man's inability to sit with oneself. And that quote really hit me hard. And I realized, you know, I'm such an extrovert that I was like always going out, always needed to be, you know, out doing something or with people or whatever. And so that actually challenged me. I set a challenge to myself to sit the next time I felt lonely to really sit with loneliness. And that opened up a lot for me because being able to breathe through that and slow down that whole process was really where I recognized all these patterns in my mind that were like all these band-aids that provided to not feel this uncomfortable feeling of loneliness, you know, like do anything but this. And I realized, man, yeah, I was always like quick to phone a friend or quick to just do something to escape from it. Instead, I really sat with it and found some golden nuggets in the depths of loneliness, just realizing that, man, this is really uncomfortable, you know, noticing where I felt it and noticing that underneath it, like this too begins to pass. And then all of a sudden it was, wait a minute, I'm finally taking time with myself. This is amazing. This means I have time, distractions to begin creating all these incredible ideas that I wrote down that I want to do before I die. You know, and so then it ignited this inspiration and also just allowed me the courage to begin sitting with more of the heavy emotions after that, because I realized, wow, there's actually something here, a greater understanding of myself in the depths of these heavy emotions that I've been avoiding for so long with, you know, early on it was sex, drugs and rock and roll or whatever I could avoid it. Now I put on the lens of curiosity with the intention of how is this happening for me? What can I gain from this? And and go into the depths of those heavy emotions. And that's actually what catalyzed that and sparked the creation of the inner peace process that I offer, as well as the emotional intelligence process. So, so you said you're sitting with loneliness. Are you doing this like in a meditation? Like how are you sitting with the loneliness? Yeah, um, just really allowing myself to feel all that uncomfortableness and noticing the sensations of it, noticing the mind wanting so badly to get up and do anything but this. And like really like, wow, I'm sitting here further than I ever have in loneliness. And yeah, this is really uncomfortable. And yeah, this is noticing the energy moving and then the subtleties of like it started in my belly. And then, then it was like, that became a little lighter. And then under that was like, wow, this huge realization, like here I am finally taking time to myself. And this feels really good now. And now I'm inspired to create these things, these ideas that I've had. And so that actually catalyzed me recognizing that I can fill my own cup by taking, carving out space for myself much better than if I'm going to be, you know, going out in social situations as an extrovert. So that kind of shifted for me uh, to become more of an introvert and actually, you know, understand how to, how I gain energy and fill my cup from both of those. 
So it was a game changer. Yeah, I think what you just said is really powerful. You said that taking downtime for yourself is what fills your own cup instead of trying to find it elsewhere. And I think that a lot of times the rest is like one of my favorite things that I like to say is the rest is part of the work. And we don't view rest as part of the work. We view rest as selfish and you need the rest to fill your cup. But a lot of times we're like, I'll just work harder or I'll just go meet this person or I'll just keep doing instead of being. And the being part is where your cup gets filled. But it is so hard sometimes to actually do that. Yep, absolutely. And this is some of the stuff I get to work with my clients on. And a lot of times people are are so unaccustomed to taking time with themselves that we just start out with, you know, setting an appointment. This, and I call it an appointment in your calendar with your higher self. And so it's really fascinating what happens and encourage everybody to try this, you know, just put it in your calendar, even if it's just 20 minutes, appointment with your higher self. And what you might discover is it's probably the most important appointment of your day. This is an opportunity to fill your cup. And in that time, you know, I offer a ton of tools, but like really improving that relationship with your higher self connection and with your body and the intelligence within you to like, okay, what do I, as you slow down, use some of the breath techniques, like what do I really, what would really light me up or what do I really need right now? And it might be a meditation would feel really good because I would, I'm seeking the answers to something going on in my life right now, or maybe I'm feeling some heavy emotions and I want to take that through the emotional intelligence process. Or maybe I'm so exhausted from everything I've been trying to do that I could really use a nap. And maybe you just take a nap during your that 20 minute connection to higher self, which is great because it's filling your cup. It's honoring what you need in that moment. And then it's like, then we have a full cup. It's so, that's that feeling of like the same energy that creates planets flowing to you and through you. And it feels so good. You can't just contain it in one body. So you're like, hey, who needs some, <laughs> you know? And so then instead of the opposite of that is like when we're trying to run around from an empty cup, just trying to help everybody else. And it's like, that becomes super exhausting. That's when you experience burnout. And so- you know, I only had to experience that once or twice before I was like finding all the ways to fill my own cup and just operate so much better from that place. Cause then I can notice the subtleties in the energy at which I'm operating from and notice that like, wow, I get to create so much more and have more fun with it when I'm creating from a space of full cup and in my highest excitement, instead of like, Oh, I have to do this. Cause you know, I need to make these ends meet and this blah, blah, blah. Like whatever you're creating from that energy, that energy is going to be continued an extension of whatever you're creating. And so it's really good to pay attention to those subtleties and find the ways that, that you have of filling your, your cup. And then it's like, now as a parent, you know, you know how it is. We have to be ninjas. So now I find like, you know, two minute or five minute ways to like fill my cup and in the moment while you know taking care and that way i can be more present with sophia our little girl and and the fam so it's been a gift you said blocking off time in your calendar to spend time with yourself and there's a level of self-trust to do that because when you make a commitment to yourself 
you need to keep that commitment. But a lot of times I think we say, yeah, like I'm going to take these time for myself, but then that time comes up and then that people say like, and I've done this before, of course, is like, well, I got it. I'll just get this done real quick. or I'll just go over here real quick and then I'll get to that. And then if you don't prioritize yourself and you don't keep that commitment to yourself, then it gets even easier to break that commitment the next time. So how do you help people with that? Absolutely. Great question. And first start off with just recognizing how important it is to hold those agreements with self, to hold those commitments, like to really show up for that. Because there's a lot on the line. And I learned this the hard way. You know, I was always real proud of being a man of my word. If I said, hey, I'm going to show up and help you with your move or whatever, I'd always show up for others. But when it came to these little commitments to myself, whether it was like, you know, back in the day, it was like texting and driving was getting to be a habit. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do two months without texting and driving. And then a weekend, I'm like, here, I am doing it again. Right. And a part of me was like, oh, it's okay. You know, just let it slide, that kind of stuff. Well, over time, letting it slide and not holding those agreements was really chipping away at my integrity, my confidence, and my self-trust. And so that's a downward spiral because then when I go to do something great, like write a book or you know a speech or whatever, then the, the voice of self-doubt is super loud. It's like, Getting, can get the best of me really easily because I haven't proven to myself that I can show up for these things that I've committed to. So what's great about that is recognizing that the opposite's true. When we set these agreements and we hold them with a lot of clout and we really show up for ourselves in that, every time you're doing that, what a great way to build your self-trust muscle. So every time you set that, you see that appointment and you show up for it, turn your phone off, whatever you need to do to eliminate some of those distractions and really be there for that time for yourself. One, you're building that self-trust muscle. You're building your integrity. You're building more confidence. And every time you keep showing up for that, then you get to celebrate your victories. You get to reinforce that, you know, that you held your commitment with, I call it, you know, healthy celebrations. It's um, all the forms of intrinsic reward systems that we can create. And that helps concrete those new neural pathways of choosing really powerful, good habits for yourself. So that can take you on a ascended trajectory really fast. So holding those agreements is really key because that'll actually build your self-trust muscle, which quiets the self-doubter, right? So then when you go to do something great, you want to create something, you want to show up for something, you know, we're always going to be met with resistance, but it's easier to quiet that self-doubter when you know, when I set commitments, I show up for it and I, I hold those agreements. So I'm setting this. I know it's attainable. I know I'm going to do it. It's basically already done because here I am showing up for it every day. And so that's a great way to build that self-trust muscle and really flex that and um, improve confidence and integrity. Yeah. And like if somebody else broke a commitment like that to you, I'll be here at this time or I'll do this for you. And then they didn't do it. Maybe you let them off the hook the first time and maybe the second time. But if somebody keeps telling you that they're going to do all these things and then they don't do it, you don't trust them anymore. And the exact same thing happens to ourselves. But it's just for some reason, it's harder for us to realize that it's happening. So the awareness around that and then also looking for those positive gains when you do keep a commitment to yourself and noticing how that actually feels 
And the identity piece of I'm somebody who shows up for myself, I'm somebody that doesn't break commitments, having that sense of identity really brings up the confidence level, like you, just like you said. Absolutely. And, and that, I think where a lot of people miss out on an important step in that, that I offer is celebrate those wins. Like healthy celebrations are so key that I feel like, especially in our American society is like, you know, we accomplish a goal and then it's like, okay, hey, what's next? Like, where's the next finish line? Where's the next goal? We're like, well, hold on a minute. Like, let's enjoy and embrace this moment of like really holding your agreement of, of accomplishing this goal. Like, so how would you like to celebrate that? You know? And I offer tons of fun intrinsic reward systems for this that, you know, like if I'm feeling like I've been going hard to accomplish that, then I like to complement it with something more on the yin side, you know, and I'll enjoy, you know, I'll have uh, our massage therapist come over and enjoy like a nice massage or take an Epsom salt CBD bath, you know, and that might be my intrinsic reward that feels incredible and like, you know, detoxes my whole body and, and that just makes me feel good, you know? So it's like really reinforcing that neural pathway with that intrinsic reward system. So I'm tapping into my own natural pharmacy. Easy way to do that too is uh, on the other end of the spectrum, dance, right? Put on your favorite song and dance to the fact that you just agreement, that commitment, that goal. And dance like nothing else just evokes those natural feel-good hormones, those, you know, all the neurotransmitters, the serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. And so you're, you're just tapping into your own pharmacy in doing that. And that really reinforces those neuroneural pathways and makes it really easy to continue choosing that, that habit that does, that serves you really well. What are some other examples of intrinsic rewards? Yeah. You know, even just simple, like the power of gratitude, you know, just like take a moment think of all the things you're grateful for. Like I have this amazing body that I get to, you know, this, this technology that I get to play with this is my vehicle, you know, through this journey. And I just have immense appreciation for that. And really like, besides just naming things you're grateful, like really breathing that in, like if you can visualize gratitude as energy, as a color, then like really feel and visualize your body breathing that in deeply so that each cell gets to marinate in that gratitude. And like you said, there's only so many things we can control. One thing we can control is our attitude about what's going on. So I always choose an attitude of gratitude because there's always things you can find to be grateful for. And so why not take a moment to really breathe that in and let each and every cell of your body experience that vibration of gratitude and just notice how that begins to elevate your state of emotion. And then if any of you follow the work of Joe Dispenza, boy, you combine an elevated state of emotion, which is easy to get there with gratitude with a crystal clear intention. Woo, that's when, that's when the magic happens because that's when we're literally unraveling DNA in real time. You're becoming more energy than matter. And so that's when it opens you up to all the opportunities, serendipities, signs, and synchronicities that are available to you in the quantum field that you can call upon for your greatest desires, for manifestation, for... So 
that gets a lot of fun. That's like some more of the esoteric, you know, keys to manifesting with ease. And um, it's really fun stuff. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. Like I haven't spent a ton of time studying that, but I've noticed that whenever things are going really well and you feel that energy, you tend to pick up momentum and more good things start happening. And then on the flip side, like if the energy is low and constricted and and you mentioned this a little while back of if you're coming at a place from kind of a negative energy or a, a restrictive space, then the things that you create are birthed from that energy so that it continues building in that regard too. Absolutely. And what happens when we try to avoid those emotions and those feelings? You can't run from emotions. So it's like, man, if I'm feeling angry, but when I was a kid, my dad said that expression of anger is unacceptable, right? And I was shunned. So then I'm just carrying this backpack, this like issues in my tissues of this energy of anger. And I'm trying not to let the volcano explode, but eventually it gets projected on usually those that I love, right? And it'll come out maybe as like snappiness or impatience or or a big blow up, you know, expression. So instead, it's like before I dive in on, you know, heavy conversations, I like to focus on the emotions first, like handle and process the emotions that are present and then go into the conversation, you know, after taking this through the emotional intelligence journaling process, gaining some of the golden nuggets or the ways I've shown up that I'm not really um, happy with. And then sharing that in a conversation is a great way to have a deeper connection, leading with vulnerability instead of getting into egoic battles or like where the dukes come up, you know, and there's not a lot of communication going on because the emotions are so um, intense. Yeah. And just as a, a last little topic is vulnerability and masculinity. It's, I feel like, and you can tell me what you think, but the word masculinity and what it be what it means to be a man has been changing over time. It's not this like stoic, like I don't feel anything. And that. so how, how has that shown up for you? And how do you help other men access their emotions and vulnerability without feeling like they're in danger? Yeah, I think a lot of men have just, we've been conditioned to think that, you know, silly beliefs around, you know, it's not okay to cry. That's a sign of weakness. Uh, one that, that I had to, to feel through. And, you know, for me, it was all the way back to my 10 year old dealing with the death of my mom, you know, and that, that was such a huge pivotal point in my life, you know, just experiencing the woman that I love the most leaving um, this human form and sitting at her funeral next to my brother and trying not to cry because somewhere I picked up this belief that crying is a sign of weakness and that men shouldn't cry. And so that was profound because that there was no running from that emotion. That, those were tears that I had that took me years to access. And so a lot of men still have these programs running when we were taught when we were really young that it's not okay to feel or show expression of these emotions. And I'm just a reminder that there is a healthy expression of all these emotions and that we can feel it, we can heal it. And it's really important to feel and heal what's real for you because by doing that, you're becoming more of yourself. 
It's like anything that gets in the way of our natural state of inner peace deserves a moment to take a look at it. What can we learn from this? What is this resistance trying to show us? And the heavy emotions carry the gold and the deeper understanding of ourselves. And so that, to me, is the next level of masculinity. That is like the true essence of a man is, you know, loving ourselves and loving the the divine feminine and being the protectors in that. And in order to do that, we have to have access to our deep level of emotional intelligence, vulnerability, so that so that we can hold space for our fellow brothers and for our our queens, you know, or the divine feminine. And so that is some of the best healing that can happen right now in the world is simply holding sacred space for one another, you know, simply allowing someone to have their experience being seen, heard, and felt in that expression, not needing to change them, not needing to give advice, even just holding that down and allowing them to have their experience, to come to their own conclusions, their own answers. That is some of the most rich, deep healing that we're capable of. And it's beautiful to get to witness that in our men's circles. And that's why it's encouraging to see more and more of that happening, you know, and and the sister circles that are coming together to be able to share your truth in a safe container and to feel and heal the emotions that come up with that in a safe space and allows for a deep level of healing. So I'm uh, very optimistic because, you know, at least in my experience, creating these men's circles and being a part of it and, and creating the space for people to heal and feel is I'm seeing a huge ripple effect and, uh, and it's continuing to expand out. And so I just want to commend and honor all the men and the women that are taking time to sit with those heavy emotions and to feel and heal that because all those layers and programs that are associated with that and the suffering that's been associated with that for generations prior to us, that doesn't have to continue to perpetuate on from here forth by taking the time to sit with that and feel and heal it. That's that's beautiful. (sighs) Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just thrilled. I've, I see it happening more and more around, you know, what I experienced. And so I'm very optimistic for humanity right now. I feel like this is our chance, even with, uh, you know, all the things you can choose to focus on that are wrong with the world. There's also, you know, so much beauty and amazing things happening. And, and um, really, more people are stepping up to do this inner healing work right now. And so it's such an honor to get to facilitate and be a guide for that process. So I'm excited. Yeah. Attention, intention, and connection, all very big things. So where can people find you and your work? Yeah. So I love to connect. I'm on Facebook, Charles Clay. I'm on uh, Instagram, charlesclay.coach. It's also my website. And just feel free to shoot a message. Just PM me if you know if you're interested in laser focus method. If you want to take a dive with the inner peace process, if um, you'd like to upgrade your emotional intelligence or there's something specific you want to heal, whether it's the abandonment wound, very familiar with that one and help a lot of people through that. So I'm happy to connect. Don't be afraid to reach out. And that's probably one of 
the biggest messages that I would love to tell my younger self is that you don't have to do this alone. You know, I would like lock myself in my man cave when heavy emotions arise and like try to process it all on my own and wait till I'm like superhero status to come back out again and help others. But there's an easier way. Have the courage to reach out and, and ask for help. And even if it's not with me, we just have so many resources that we can help guide people in the right direction. So happy. Cool. To- Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and some great takeaways for people. And I appreciate you and I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sonia. It's been a treat. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and for being a part of this community. I know that there are so many different podcasts that you can listen to. I always have so many on the go in my phone. So thank you for being part of this. And I love that I get to do this work and I'm so grateful for you. And I'm with you on this journey of personal growth, adventure, and our mission to be better every day. 